Hello and good evening, ladies, gentlemen, and all other non-binary finery. Welcome to the Theatre of Inner Fears, your darkest dreams, place where nightmares come to life. Tonight's performance is a tale of abuse, transphobia, and despair, amongst other things. As such, it may not be suitable for all audiences. So please, be advised and take care before continuing forward. Good? Good. As for those of you still left in the audience, please turn off any distracting devices and know that there is absolutely no smoking in the theater. In the event of a fire, Please note that the exits are nowhere to be found. You're in my world now, and we're far past the point of no return. You've stepped into a world beyond the bounds of that which you once knew. A place where everything is familiar, and yet so very foreign. Whatever happens now is strictly according to my whims. So sit back. Relax, and try to enjoy the show. It's about the only thing you have left in your control. <laughs> and now, without further ado, I present to you the tragedy of Blaine. What is this place? Hello? Is anyone here? No. I guess that'd be too easy. Can't give me any direct hints on what's going on, right? No. You just have to leave Blaine in a dark, ominous maze of endless doors and watch them stumble around for a bit. Well, fine. I hope you had your fun, but it's over. This room looks comfy, so I'm staying. That's right. I'm just gonna sit here for a little bit and figure it out. Just like I always do. <sighs> Just wish it wasn't so cold in here. It's drafty. Like, goodness, is there a window open? You, you should probably close that soon. It feels like a storm's coming. And, you know, it'd be a shame to ruin all the old paintings in here. Like this one. Huh. You know, it's funny. My parents had oil paintings like this in the house. They were always super protective of them. I swear, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere near them or breathe too hard in the general direction. Honestly, it was super strict. But then again, they were strict about a lot of things. Yeah, my parents. But they still love me, right? They had to. I mean, they were strict. They were also really supportive. My dad would take me on Boy Scout trips and helped me get to Eagle Scout. 
And my mom encouraged me all through the theater stuff, tech crew, AV club. She was proud. Both of them were proud. Their precious baby boy. Oh, hey, what's this over there? That's an interesting poster. Eyeballs, radio towers. I recognize it. Yeah. It's that old podcast I used to listen to. Man. I was obsessed with that thing. The hosts were funny, the community was great, and they would even just have people write in every now and then for behind the scenes stuff. It was great. I swear, like, the entirety of ninth grade was just spent obsessing over this. And, you know, it's kind of dorky, but I actually wrote into their show once. They actually read my letter on air. You know, it's funny, I wanted to sound a little cooler in my letter, so I put down my initials for my name. You know, just a little JD Cho. It sounded cool, respectable, at least that's what I thought at the time, and in my head, they'd somehow work out the he parts of me, but, well, they didn't. They used they them pronouns and I don't know how do I describe the feeling it's like it's like for the entirety of my life up until that point I was wearing this itchy uncomfortable sweater that was like a size too small nothing too terrible but definitely tight enough and just uncomfortable enough to know that it just didn't fit then suddenly it's like I got handed a different shirt and it fits me perfectly you know almost almost like it was made for me and I, like something clicked into place I did some research after that and things and well my days in the binary were over at that point I feel like I found myself and it felt amazing I just wish my parents could share the same sentiments. Did you really have to make it so cold in here? I'm shivering, there's steam pouring out of my mouth, so is this the aesthetic we're going for? Sad, cold room filled with memories of the past? Jeez, I feel like, I feel like we've done this before, you know? Like somebody with better talents than me? Whatever. Who am I even talking to? Hello? Hello? Is there anyone here? Is there anyone listening to me? Or am I just alone? Alone again? You know, love is kind of a funny thing. People could give you the world and stand by during hard times, but it's kind of funny that all of that love turns out to be conditional and you don't really realize that it is until you break one of the rules. It's kind of sad how fast people turn on you once they realize you're not who they expected you to be. And what have we here? Lovely little note on the ground? Looks like a note of some kind.
You don't know what you're talking about, they said. It's all for your own good, they insisted. You're just being dramatic for attention, they called. Real people are having actual struggles. Just stop pretending. I cried for help. I reached for the hands that were near me. I searched for a protector, but they were just like the rest of them. It can't be that bad, they said. I have actual problems going on. Stop bothering me with this made-up stuff, they insisted. Maybe it's all just your fault, they called. Real people have struggles. Just stop pretending. Oh, what's this now? A light beckoning me to another door. What is this, some sort of theater gig? Well then, I guess you expect me to walk through this one. Is this the next set piece you've made ready to go? Well, what if I choose not to play along? What if I just stand here in the cold room and think for a little bit? Fire, huh? Well, I guess I was complaining about how cold it was in here. Wow, it's growing pretty fast. Fine then, guess I'll go since you're literally lighting a fire under me. Let's get this over with. Alright, so what's this supposed to be? Doctor's office? No. No, it's too corporate in here for that. But there's definitely something medical going on. I mean, it just smells like a hospital. And these fluorescent lights? Ugh, just way too glaring. I mean, it almost reminds me of... Oh. Oh. Oh no. Oh, that's a low blow. I mean, really? Out of all the places to send me to, we're right back here. Really? Look, I don't know what game you're playing at, but honestly, I'd rather take my chances with the fire than spend another minute in this godforsaken place. And the trippy psychedelic door is gone. Because of course it is. Great, and now I'm stuck here. Sunny Valley Psychiatric and Family Services. Happy place for God's special people. Otherwise known as the place where souls go to get crushed and kids get sent to get turned straight. I was here for about six months, but honestly, that was longer than any time I would spend in hell. The things they do to you here, it's a lot worse than being dead named or forced to use a men's bathroom. No. Oh. And what do you know? Another note. Wow, we're really speeding up the pace here. Still, I'm kind of grateful you're sparing me from the long-winded monologues about this place. I've heard enough about God's love for one lifetime, so I'll play along. Let's see what the infinite wisdom has prepared for me this time. There are many philosophies that can be applied to the art of self-defense. 
for a variety of different motivations. Amongst this cavalcade of information and ideas, there is one of particular note, the five T's of an attacker's mindset. This list of five points details the thought process and each step an attacker will go through in order to cause harm, be it physical, psychological, or anything else. The five T's of an attacker's mindset are as follows. Target, test, threats, touch, and takeoff. This is generally agreed to be the thought process used from anything from playground bullying to a serious murder. An understanding of this mental order can be used to prevent violent incident or to sort through the aftermath of a violent occurrence. To further illustrate, this is the five T's of an attacker's mindset in motion. Targets. James was quieter than the average boy his age. At 17 and on the cusp of adulthood, he was a rather quiet and collected soul. He came to the facility at the behest of his parents, despite his own reservations. James displayed a soft and hesitant demeanor. He didn't make many friends amongst the others and tried to be as agreeable as possible, most likely in the hopes of getting an early release. There was potential for further manipulation, but that was yet to be determined. Test. It started with small things, chores, homework assignments, small interviews. In each case, it was easy to get James to follow along, to submit to more, and follow the voice of authority. Although he would refuse any bigger or more demanding tasks, at the least, it was a beginning. James was a cautious and nervous boy with a soft and hesitant demeanor. He was anxious to please, but he had his own boundaries, at least for the time. Overcoming his worries was only a matter of patiently waiting and slowly turning up the intensity. Threats. James was a quiet boy and filled with weakness, just like anyone else. He loved his parents and felt conflicted over the way his life made them feel. In a kinder setting, this would be a roadblock in his life to overcome. But in the facility, it was the strings of a puppet to pull and manipulate. James was a good boy, quieter than others his age, but still kind and compassionate all the same. He was living a life full of conflict, but at the center of it all was the innate desire of children to please their parents. And this desire was the threat that pulled against James. Touch. Three long and painful hours forever burned into the framework of this quiet boy's body.
take off. In most of our minds, when we reach this stage, we imagine the attacker leaving, never to be seen again. The incident is seen in a vacuum, a single event with no indications of further actions taking place. It all becomes something that passes, a bad dream on an otherwise peaceful night. And though we may hope and wish for this to be the outcome, this isn't what happened to poor little James. His attacker left him to simmer in his pain and trauma. But this was only for a moment. You see, poor James was trapped, stuck in an endless cycle of threat and touch, each previous incident becoming a test to what would then follow. Over and over he struggled in a downward spiral, a dark torrent dedicating to stripping away all sense of security and self. For six long months, all he could do was endure. And when it all came to an end, when James was finally free to leave that place that had caused him such pain, the attackers remained. His tormentors stayed, only shifting in domains, from the hallways of a brightly lit facility to the scars in corners of a young boy's mind. The attacker had taken off, but in doing so left a lingering pain that continued to grow. James had survived the physical attacks, but the monsters that remained with him were far stronger than anything that had come before. I think I'm going to be sick. That's... this... No. This is messed up. Throw me into the fire. Rip apart my body. Call me by my dead name even more if you want. I don't care. But please. I'm begging you. I've already spent enough time in this miserable place. Don't force me to be here. Not again. I... I can't. I... <laughs> oh, hey. Another note? Already? Guess I don't really have a choice, so... Let's see what this one has to say. Stop being so selfish. Hold the pain deep inside until your heart becomes numb. Stop being so selfish. Wear a mask. Play a happier role in the world for everyone. Stop, Stop being, being so, so selfish. selfish. Submit to beatings and force the punishments on your own. Stop, Stop being, being so, so selfish. selfish. Don't talk to others. They must never know. Stop, Stop being, being so, selfish. so selfish. Tie the emotions tighter and tighter until it's a noose around your neck. Stop 
being so selfish. Don't you get it? No one loves you. We all wish you were dead. Stop being so selfish. Choke back the nightmares. Tell no one of your fears. Stop, Stop being, being so, so selfish. selfish. Keep on going and smiling, cutting yourself with tears. Am I done suffering here? Alright then. Let's see what you have lined up next. <laughs> Colorful hallways, multiple doors. No. This is just branching into multiple hallways. Like a maze. Do I even want to ask what this place is, or... Why the carpet is so pink? Like, considering what I just went through, I feel like that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> but Blaine, my dear, don't you understand? Pink is the color of psychological horror. The best entities are using it these days. Who's there? What are you? And why do you know so much about me? So many questions. But then again, would I really expect anything less from a seasoned reporter? I enough of the games! I came here to find the mayor, and you can't stop me! <laughs> find the mayor? You mean boring old Celine? Why would anyone ever look for her? She's such an old fuddy-duddy. She couldn't protect the city. She couldn't protect the people she loved. And even now, she couldn't stop the truth that she hates so much from being released. Whoa, wait a minute. So that means it wasn't the sheriff. It was the mayor. She's the one that erased all the records before the mid-70s. <laughs> Keep it up, darling. I would have hoped you'd figure it out by now. Little Celine was quite a pitiful mess. So much so that I'm surprised she held on for as long as she did. Poor thing broke into pieces after her greatest sin. It was all very pathetic. I could go on, but... I suppose that would be rude. I should give the dear girl more credit. If it wasn't for dear old Celine, I never would have been able to come to be. You? The name is Marie, and it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance after so many hints. Wait, so you're the one keeping everyone hostage in the city? <laughs> My dear Blaine, I'm as much of a prisoner as you are. Honestly, I would love to spend more time causing disaster across that boring pastel mess. 
But that stiff and serious police officer has somehow managed to keep me down. You mean the sheriff? Wait, she was protecting us? My goodness, and I thought you were the smart one. Yes, that dear little Olivia tried to keep me contained. Well, at least until you showed up and broke through the bonds. Oh. So what happens now? Haven't you already guessed? I thought it was quite obvious. You freed me from my prison, and now I'm going to return the favor. The, the only way I know how. What's behind the door? Oh, don't act like you don't know. Here. Uh, I'm not reading another one. Oh, but Blaine, this poem is special. It's one you've written yourself. Over and over against the walls of your heart. Why not take a look before we get into the big stuff? Here. We can even do it together, if you like. The... The world will keep turning. Life will go on. But it's far better for all of us. No. No, I can't do this. Finish it! Don't be shy now. Finish what you started. But it's far better for all of us if you just went numb. Was that really so hard? Now then, why don't we move on to our final scene? I bet you're just dying to return. <laughs> Beautiful view, isn't it? Tall building, a cool night, and nary a bystander around to stop you from doing something drastic. Shut up. Why are we here? Oh, Blaine. You already know. No? Well then, let's go back to that one fateful winter night. After so much pain and rejection, when you climbed all the way to the top of this very building, and then, well... Care to elaborate? Alright, I get it. This, this is where it happened. This is the last night I can remember before ending up... Before ending up in the city. Okay, look, I'm not some sad charity case. I'm not some stupid teenager who just couldn't take it, alright? It took so much energy to keep going. And I was tired. So tired. 
I was tired of pretending to be okay. I was tired of hiding, causing everyone pain around me, and just... All right, it was too much. And well, the little cuts I was leaving in my arms just weren't happening. I was on a cycle of spiraling, and I couldn't keep up. So here we are. Here I am. Here you are indeed. You can hide the truth from many people, Blaine, but you can't hide from me. And here I've granted you the desire of your heart. You're free to finish what you started so long ago. Don't worry, you can take your time. There are other matters for me to attend to. So I'll just leave you to do whatever needs to be done. Oh, but before I go, why not one last little poem for the people? Don't worry. It's an old classic that you've read before. I'm sure they'll love it. Well then, that's all I have to say. Toodaloo, and good luck. <laughs> Feet placed against the ledge. I look down at the world below until at last slip from the edge. I go down the path that I know. The view looks better from halfway up here. You can hardly feel the cold at all. And peace becomes knowledge, which then becomes fear. There's nothing now that can stop your fall. Wind rushes past in a blazing scream. You gaze up at the evening skies, deep down within, wishing this was just a dream, but feeling the wetness of tears in your eyes. There's nothing now to stop your fear. At least the view looks better from halfway up here. <laughs> so here we are, right back where it all started. Man, a real piece of work, aren't I? Oh well, I hope Marina's doing better. She's better off without me. Dream Girl City is a production by N.J. Scholes. It was written, produced, and acted by N.J. Scholes. The poems listed and featured for today were Voices of Protectors and Healers, The Five T's of James's Downfall, Stop Being So Selfish, Numb, and finally, The View from Halfway Up Here. All by N.J. Schultz. The song used at the beginning and throughout is The Dance Macabre. And the song at the end is In the Wilderness by Robert Farmer. 
Thank you so much to everyone who supported us, who's been listening, making content, generally sharing and get the word out. It means a lot to know that you all care about the wacky adventures we have going on here. Please, please be safe out there, wherever you are. Honestly, this community would be less without you here. Hold on to the end. We're almost there. And until that time comes, just remember, you need to fight until you see the light. Forgotten words put right, forgotten wrong.